All right, so I'm excited to um, bring the very first episode of Source. Uh, and, you know, I say that this name may change. Who knows? You know, we kind of go with um, what everybody else wants. But uh, I guess I'm most excited not about this opportunity, but really the opportunity to sit down with Terry Adams, uh, which is joining us today. And this being our first episode, but also going way back with the, the people that I know and the things that we're able to offer and really focusing on training and things that we can offer other people that maybe we didn't have. And I think in this episode, we're going to cover a wide range of things, but really give those that are listening the opportunity to see a perspective that they may not have seen in other, uh, not just podcasts, but maybe not have heard these perspectives from those that are in this industry and that's what i found to be the most difficult part of starting something like this was the fact that nobody wanted to help me nobody wanted to lend any information to me everybody thinks that you're going to take something from them but as we're going to see throughout this episode this is a multi-billion dollar industry and this industry can lend a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. So I'm excited to have Terry on, uh, learn a little bit about him and uh, what he does and how he does it. And hopefully he gives us some secrets that we can be successful with. So Terry, welcome. Thank you, AJ. Um, man, it's good. Good to hear that. Definitely one of the subjects that's, that's definitely not talked about a lot. Um, when it comes to owning your own business and growing in, in this uh, industry. Yeah, that's right, man. Um, give us a little bit of background with you and then um, we're going to jump right in. Well, you know, I'm, I'm never quick. Uh, <laughs> so uh, once again, Terry Adams, uh, owner of Tactical Canine. We're based out of Register, Georgia. A little short summary about myself. I've been in the industry for going on 16 years. Uh, started off through family, uh, family trainers, uh, then happened to be, be in the military as a handler. Then from there, decided I was going to go out and pursue being a dog trainer, uh, dog handler as a career. And then, so went to a bunch of schools, Custom Canine Unlimited is one. Actually also worked for Custom Canine Unlimited. Uh, worked for a couple of other dog training companies, being a trainer for breeders and stuff like that. And then decided in 2016 to start my own business with starting my own business is where, you know, we, We've been open since 2016. We we moved from Conyers to Register, Georgia, uh, where we're out here on our facility of 15 acres and and 1,800 square feet. So it's just it's been a blessing, and and it's been a it's been a long road. Uh, <laughs> we we kind of you know we're getting yeah. we're getting where we need to uh, slow slowly but surely. Well, I think that's a unique perspective, right? Because it's important that people understand like the background that goes into what we do every day. And I say we, because obviously we're in the industry as well. Um, but it goes well beyond just, 
you know, picking up a leash and learning how to train dogs, uh, you know, at least in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, just hearing a little bit about your background coming from the military and knowing you and knowing your passion. Um, it's great and refreshing to hear that you have the experience and that experience is lending uh, the opportunity for others to learn from that. And uh, I really feel like that's an important aspect of it, right? Because anybody can pick up a leash. Anybody can learn to train a dog. But it's that unique perspective that you bring with your experience that gets you down to the nitty gritty and the minute details that's going to make somebody successful. And I think a lot of times we miss that part of it. Everybody wants to be where you are today, but they don't want to put in the legwork. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Those struggles that you probably went through, which you kind of touched on and, you know, just seeing why you made that decision to now do this for yourself because you mentioned that you worked for a few companies including us uh and i think it's an important aspect to know that uh you know we we promote and really if we think about it how many dogs we buy from you and how our partnership and our friendship has evolved even past the um you know you working for us and then now you going out on your own and you know that's probably some that's probably another conversation for a whole another episode right like <laughs> yeah. how do you get past that how does somebody not be bitter because i see that so many times in this industry where we fight each other or we're mad at somebody because they left us or you know things like that and you know that just hasn't been the case with us uh, so terry tell us a little bit about uh, why you actually decided to now open up your own place so one of the things that when I started my company, uh, I actually was working for another company and it wasn't, it was a custom canine. Actually, while I was doing my company, I was working for custom canine. Even before we formed that relationship, you said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. I just want you to know, is that okay? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we knew that going into it. Oh yeah. It was definitely one of those things where when we sat down to have a conversation about me joining the team that I did put out there that my other obligations of, of, of my business. Now I wasn't doing my business as such a higher scale as I am now, but what made me start my business was I was working for a couple of places. I worked for about three or four breeders. I worked for uh, a couple of training companies and I didn't like the box, right? It was the, you got to do it this way and it's the only way you can do it. Yeah. And what I didn't feel comfortable just doing it one way. I always wanted to continuously evolve and make sure that my product, which would be training dogs or training people always progressed, right? I didn't want to yeah. be stagnant. Uh, one of the reasons why I joined Custom Canine was because they gave me that opportunity to not be stagnant. It wasn't a, hey, we got to do it this way, and this is the only way we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, it was, so we, you know, so it, it met the same standards for my company and for being a team at Custom Canine. We 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 met head and head, which was perfect. So that's that's what made me actually start my own business. Now, going 100% into my own business it was more of a family uh, decision. 
I decided to move down to register, which is definitely not a commute, <laughs> a good commute yeah. to a custom canine. Um, but I decided to move down there for more of an opportunity for my family to, for us to continue growing. Yeah. And that's, you know, bringing up, you know, the box, the proverbial box that we find ourselves in. And I hear this a lot where, you know, it's even brought to us about, well, it's only this way, you know, it's our way. And one thing that we really strive for is to give somebody all the tools necessary to give a dog or even a student the best they can give. And what I mean by that is, uh, and again, you mentioned, you know, our philosophies lining up pretty well, right? In the, in the sense that it's not just one way to do things. There's not one methodology. It's not AJ Vargas's training method. You know, it's not Terry Adams training company. Right. And you're going to do it my way because I've developed this. Yeah, we've developed a lot of things that we've learned over the years. But at the end of the day, we're going to do what's best for that dog and what's best for that student to get to the levels that we need to. And I think a lot of times we limit ourselves in capabilities uh, for the dog and for the handler where we say, no, it's only one method. Only imagine if we could put a child in a, an environment where they are taught in a way that they learn best, how much they would prosper and learn from that. And I feel the very same way when it comes to dogs and students, I need to come up with a way to put that dog or that student in a position to learn best, whether it's treat based, whether it's toy based, whether it's, you know, just praise and affection. Like we got to figure out the way to provide that dog or that student with the opportunity to win at the highest levels and to provide them that motivation to do so, uh, which I love. And uh, I think that really challenges us because it also opens up the doors to train more dogs and to help more dogs because we're not limited to one way and we're not blaming the dog when it doesn't work, which I hear so often when people put themselves in a box where they're like, well, uh, oh, this dog's not going to cut it. Well, it's not cutting it because you're not figuring out the way that they best learn. And as trainers, I think we really need to do that. And we really need to focus on what's best from the dog's perspective. And we talk a lot about that. Um, so it's refreshing to hear you say that because we're not stuck in that box. You're absolutely right. Let's move on a little bit to uh, just the business aspect of it. You know, you know, people are getting to know you a little bit on your perspectives and training and things like that. But let's talk about the business, um, you know, because business is hard. You know, I remember looking <laughs> back before I started this, right? And I said, you know, it was really just an illusion that I wanted to run my own business. You know, it really wasn't like, um, I guess I didn't see what I see now. And um, from that perspective, I just wanted, I thought it was cool just to say I had my own business. And then you get to the point where you realize it's for real, right? <laughs> oh, so yeah. um, what do you find is the hardest thing as a business owner to overcome in running a business? Honestly, it's staff, team members. Yeah. You know, that would be the hardest thing that I've ran into is having good team members. Um, I've gone through countless and countless of people 
just between, you know, motivation, art, just the task at hand, right? It, it takes a lot to deal with dogs. Uh, yeah. Everybody see, thinks that it's all cool. You can, oh, I can <laughs> pet, you know, I can cuddle and all that. But they don't understand, you know, you're picking up poop. You're, you're getting slung, you're getting pee slung in your eye and stuff like that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got this dog that that is coming out and he's like 100%, I am a man, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people just can't handle that. So really, staffing is probably my number one uh, issue. I, I have a good team now, um, and we're looking to grow. But it's definitely one of the things that's been the hardest thing in, in, in some years has been staffing. Next after that would be really business-wise is a mentor. I've been blessed to have my uncle who's in California. He, he owns, he's been owning this business for about 40 something years. Uh, I've been blessed to have you. Um, I've been blessed to have a few others, you know, that have actually took the time to talk with me other than just, Hey, you know, transaction wise, like actually sit down and say, Hey, look, you know, this is, you know, and, and give me different perspectives on, on business for me uh financing right yeah. uh knowing where to put your money in certain aspects uh what's what's a smart buy what's a stupid buy or not so smart buy uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and you know I, everything i've done so far honestly has been without a loan so everything's yeah. been out of pocket out of working yeah. right i enjoy it. it it gives me even more of a rush because how you were just saying you know anybody can go out and pick up a leash well yeah. i mean honestly there's a lot of people that can just go out and just fund their whole business right yeah, but, yeah. and have no knowledge into what they're doing when it comes to the aspect of the business side right the, the training yeah. part and stuff like that um we see it all the time funding was was uh the other thing you know that was my my other biggest uh hurdle should i say yeah we're getting past that hurdle we're still we're still building but those those three are definitely the in my opinion the biggest hurdles that i've experienced heck i mean i'm pretty sure you've experienced tons of you know staffing and stuff like that so yeah you know we live by a standard right and that's the hardest thing uh voice of reason is on this call with us right now um and uh, i say she's the voice of reason because she keeps me grounded in a lot of things and last night we were talking and uh, it just became immediately apparent that I needed to lean on her a little bit on keeping me uh, in the right path, especially when we're having conversations like this. But yeah, even, you know, I look at everything to some degree as a transaction, even when we're hiring employees and things of that nature. And it has to be beneficial to everybody. Read a book one time and I hate that I can't quote the author but I'll still give them credit for this. I didn't come up with it, but I look for employees that get on the bus and ride it. I was just interviewing a a potential trainer and uh, they came with a list of demands, you know, and it has to be this, this, and this. And I told them pretty uh, upfront uh, and and I had to stop them and tell them, Hey, listen, at the end of the day, I need somebody that's going to get on the bus and ride it with us. If we need to pivot, we're going to pivot. We didn't get ourselves locked in that proverbial box. We said, okay, this is what we have to do. And as a team, I'm in the kennel. 
I'm, you know, doing marketing, I'm meeting with this person, I'm out in the training field, and one day I may, you know, wear 25 different hats. Well, I want staff that are willing to do the same thing. And, uh, but you're absolutely right. Because we have standards, a lot of people don't want to live to that standard. And unfortunately, there's a lot of perspectives that you see that nobody else sees. You want to make sure if someone shows up, they always catch you in a state of readiness. And a lot of employees don't understand that. There's a lot of pressure that you have on you because you're the one that's going to be holding the bag with that. They don't. They don't have mm -hmm. to make the phone call. Yeah. They don't have to sit there. They can quit tomorrow and it's still your reputation that's on the line. It's Terry Adams. You know, it's not McDonald's. Do you know the name of the CEO at McDonald's? Maybe, <laughs> but you don't have a personal relationship with them. People have a personal relationship with Terry Adams and that's important to you. That's how you've built your, your business, but let's get the standards out of the way and let's make sure we take care of these dogs at the highest levels. So yeah, staffing is, is one of the things that, yeah, we, I think we all struggle, but with that being said, it's not just our industry. It's mm -hmm. not just your business. Oh yeah. You know, it's, I talk it's to everything. sheriffs, I talk to chiefs, I talk to other small business owners. Everybody deals with the same thing. And uh, I think it's just where we're at right now. And we just, we have to find a, a way to navigate it as best we can. Great points, man. Like hitting the nails on the head as you were talking through those points. Now, looking back, you've been doing this a number of years, six, seven years now. What is one thing you wish you would have known earlier on as you started out that you now know? <laughs> I, I think one of the biggest things was uh, if I would have knew years ago that being a business owner that you that you wear, like you said, you wear so many hats, um, I would have probably invested into some schools into into those other hats right it would have helped some of the dings along the way right yeah. instead of having to wait some years to get in front of some people who can give you like the knowledge that you were looking for would have been on hand already another one would have been whoo stretch before i got into this <laughs> <laughs> Because one one thing about it is when I got into this, it, it was like you said, you know, I was just excited to have my own business. But when I started to expand, I started to see the growth and and you know the need and especially when COVID hit. Oh man, you know, yeah. we were getting we were getting crazy amounts of dogs. Uh and a lot of the, those dogs weren't socialized right so mm -hmm. not only are we getting dogs in but we're getting dogs that are like problem dogs that we have to yeah, work on yeah um so that was like oh man <laughs> you know but when i say stretch before when before i got in meaning you know maybe mentoring under some people and uh and starting a little slower than what i did yeah uh, took me actually what about four years into into my business to find my my niche and then that's what we've expanded on so far yeah you know i, I go back to and I, I i often say this if i know now if i knew then what i know now i probably would have stayed in law enforcement man <laughs> like, <laughs> people just don't understand the pressure right mm -hmm. think about this 
you know, we say, as men, we say, well, we need to feed our family. Well, I say I have to feed 12 to 22 families. And that's a lot of pressure when you sit back and think about that, right? I got to make enough to make sure that our family, meaning our extended CCU family, is fed at every paycheck, right? So uh, I told my brother this several years ago. I'm 50 grand in the hole to start the month. Like, I got to make 50 grand just to pay payroll at the beginning of the month. So I got to turn the wheel and I got to hustle because it's not me that I'm feeding and my family. It's everybody else. And yes, I take that as a challenge, but that can be daunting for a new business owner when you have that pressure on you every month to make sure you do that. I wouldn't change anything for the world because I truly believe I'm where I'm supposed to be because the Lord put me here and I feel confident in that. But if I think back going into it, I did go into it a bit blind, a bit, well, very naive. Mm -hmm. And I jumped into it, which was probably the best thing I could have done. Not the smartest thing, <laughs> but the best thing I could have done. And I was blessed to have a wife and family that really supported me. I didn't have that pressure of, you know, what are we going to do when I had no money, when I had literally nothing, uh, wondering where we're going to get the next paycheck just to pay the light bill. So that helped out tremendously. Um, because I didn't have that, you know, the wife was just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. I, I hear what you're saying, but I just don't know if that, for me, if that would have been the right way. Because yeah. when we get analytical a lot of times, you know, especially when it's something that's our, our, it's our passion. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it would have taught me out of doing it. Mm. So I knew just enough to be dangerous and enough to be naive <laughs> enough to jump in and do this, right? Right. Uh, but it, it truly has been a great road. I, I know speaking for myself and then watching you, uh, you know, just seeing you grow, getting the pictures from you and just talking to you on another level, uh, knowing how excited you are about that same growth. And, and I love to see that, man. It, it really does excite me. So it's good for us to continue to pick up people to help. And uh, those that want to learn and those that are accepting of our advice, not from a bad way or a malicious way, but from a way that, hey, we really are trying to steer you away from the mistakes that we made. Mm -hmm. I say I've invested millions in learning in mistakes. What we do. Yeah, in mistakes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Millions. Oh, yeah. Dude, like millions over the years learning this because mm -hmm. I didn't come from money. I didn't come from a hedge fund that's funding me or, you know, some big, you know, money person. Yeah, I built this with blood, sweat, and tears, dude. <laughs> um, you know, the Lord has really like guided me through so many things, and you know, those are stories for later times. But people just don't see that. You know, it's always funny when people go, "Man, you, I see you guys are doing great." Really? How? Oh man, I see it on <laughs> Facebook all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna put on there right now that I'm depressed that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the cash flow to carry this project forward. I don't have this. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on social media. Yeah, everybody see the going, yeah going they good. see the glam and glit, and, you know, yeah. they, and they're like, oh man, you know, that's fantastic, and they they don't see that, you know, you woke up that that morning had to pray and and cried, 
before you, yeah. you know, pitch, pitch your pants on and said, all right, let's go, let's get to work. Yeah. Um, and then wipe all that off because you have employees that are dependent on you. Right. Exactly. You're, you're in the mix with them and they know nothing about that. Right. That's mm -hmm. it's crazy, dude, to, just to understand like the, the amount of stuff that we go through uh, that nobody ever sees, but it, but it's a great perspective though. Yeah. And I wouldn't change it but it's something to prepare yourself for when you're wanting to run a business, right? Mm -hmm. We can all get through it. Absolutely. Um, but we have to be prepared and strong enough to handle that. And I tell people that all the time, you know, it's cool, but the coolness wears off, dude. I'm telling oh, yeah. you, mm -hmm. it's cool to go see MMA ringside. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I'm going to go train <laughs> until you get hit in the mouth the first time. Oh yeah, and, and, and then things, yeah, your eyes water up, and you're like, "Man, this is for real," <laughs> and yeah. it hurts. So let's talk about uh, something that people don't want to talk about, Terry. Let's talk about fear. Okay. As a business owner, man, what's what's your biggest fear? Man, honestly, my biggest fear is my family. So, and I'm not just talking about like my my personal family, but my I'm talking about my staff. Right. So yeah. like uh, my biggest fears as a business owner is not is saying, hey, look, we can't do it. You know, we we're done. You know, um, that that is my biggest fear, um, which is why why I grind, I hustle, you know, to get yeah. to make sure everybody is, is straight. What, what I was always told was if you don't if you don't have trials, you know, you must be doing everything right. Right. Um, oh, you're not doing nothing at all or not doing anything at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, those things make you stronger. Um, but what my focus is and what makes me hustle and grind so hard is is the family, because like you said, you know, when the, when the month starts, you're already like, hey, look, I got to make sure that everybody eats. So yeah. Yeah. how am I going to make that happen? You know, I. I think back and that, that's a, a great advantage that I have a lot of times is I see these things transforming, you know, and I get chill bumps, man, thinking about those types of things. To me, that's what I'm, that's what I do this for. I do it because I really feel like that's what we should do. We should be pouring into those that we've been blessed to come into our past, no matter what. And I've had some difficult people. I think fear drives you without yeah. a little bit of fear. Then you're sitting comfortable and any business that is not moving forward is dying. And I think it takes a little bit of fear to push us when, you know, most people are sleeping. We're up early and we're up late and everybody else is sleeping and living comfortable. We're grinding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just freaking, I mean, great stuff, man. Like who talks about this? Nobody, <laughs> nobody told me about this, right? <laughs> oh man, you're going to own a business. Do it. Yeah. You know, like on Friday, do it. Just do it, Craig. It's Friday. <laughs> just do it. Like, yeah. nah. I mean, I get so many people that's like, you know, oh, you own your own business. That's great. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> you know, congratulations. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. So, so now you're wrapped up in the business. You guys are moving. We know you've been doing this for a little bit of time. So that brings experience, right? We talked about your fears.
Tell me the craziest client story that you have. And then uh, I want you to follow up with that is how you dealt with that and what you learned from that. Okay. When it comes to like a, a bad client, I, I really haven't had any actual bad clients. I've had just naive. They don't have the knowledge to understand what's going on. Uh, and But once you teach it to them, most of them tend to fall in line and, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. I, now I understand. But when it comes to probably my craziest uh, experience, I had a guy uh, drop his dog off for training. Uh, his dog was was coming to training for advanced obedience. Once he dropped his dog off, he just started sending, you know, texts every pretty much every hour. Hey, how's my dog doing? Hey, you know, is is he okay? Hey, you know, and we're we're totally fine with people checking on their dogs. That that's not an issue. But also, we we do work, right? Yeah, so we yeah. can't sit on our phone the whole time. Otherwise, we're not working. I'm actually inside of a store and I'm training, uh, taking videos and stuff like that. I go back check out my phone and i have 106 messages <laughs> i have 26 calls 106 text messages i go into a little bit of a panic because i'm trying to figure out what what's going on that's yeah, what happened. that's that's so dire um so i finally get a hold of the guy he's living I've been calling you i've been texting you uh you know i'm coming to get my dog right now so he's on his way to get my get his dog now Mind you, this is the first couple of hours of the dog just being in that we're getting there. He gets there and he's like, why weren't y'all answering my messages? Is my dog alive? You know, and so he gets there, sees his dog. Uh, and, you know, we have a conversation. And I'm like, hey, you know, you got to understand we, we train. We have yeah. to have that time where, you know, where we get all our all our dogs, you know, trained up. Um, and we can't be on the phone. We we will get back to you for sure. But if you know if you're unhappy with with that, then by all means, please you know you can take your dog. So he takes his dog. He gets about 15 minutes away. Turns around. Hey man, you know I'm sorry. <laughs> I I you know I I talked to my wife and she said you know I was overreacting. Voice of um, reason. And. We all need them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, I want to uh I want I want to continue with training. We go back and you know, and I tell them, hey, look, just give us give us some time. We're, we're gonna have updates to you throughout the week. Uh yeah, yeah. you know, I can't promise you it's gonna be every day, but we'll try to get yeah. you some updates every day. Yeah. But you'll definitely get them throughout the week, you know. And of course, anything important you'll know. So he gets home. We don't hear from him the rest of the day. Next day comes. He messages at around noon. Hey, how's my dog doing? You know, we respond to it. And then he responds back in another hour. Where at this time, we you know, we're we're kind of dealing with that, but he he's he's not as as hectic as he as he was. So we're about a week week or two in. You know, we've sent him videos and pictures and stuff like that. Uh, heck, I think even I think he was one of the first people that we ever uh, FaceTimed on okay. um, on the phone with okay. just to, you know, just to help out. At the end of the day, I'm here for your dog. Right. Mm -hmm. But I am going to make sure that I try to appease you as much as possible. It, it, you know, if, if I can't, if, you know, FaceTiming you once or twice, you know, is going to help 
ease you, then that's what I'll, then that's what I'll do. I, I okay. don't have an issue okay. with that. As long as it meets what, as long as you're giving us the time to do it. And we're about a weekend. He's like, I'm just not getting enough videos. I'm not getting enough pictures. We kind of amp up a little bit more, give them a little bit more. And so one night I get an alert on, on my phone. Uh, one of the cameras at the kennel is going off. I look and there's somebody at the kennel. I'm like, oh man, what in the world is going on here? Mind you, I have a dog that stays out. <laughs> yeah, um yeah. so for for that purpose for if anybody comes in or anything like that and so this guy he he's at one door he's jiggling the door trying to get in goes to the other door jiggles it tries to get in and so at this time you know i hop in the truck and and, and ride to the kennel to go see what's going mm -hmm. on and i'm like oh man somebody must be trying to steal some equipment and, and you know yeah, yeah. i'm not even thinking about dogs in my mind nobody's in the right mind to <laughs> yeah. go, go to a place yeah. with a bunch of protection dogs I'm like yeah. oh you're gonna go to this place and just snatch dogs that you don't know yeah. in my mind i get there the guy's inside my building he's kicked the door in he's inside what? the building and it's not a good day uh for uh, him it, it was one of those things where he didn't read any of the signs yeah uh, of course. and so he's in luckily i was on my way there and i don't stay far from the kennel you know I'm talking yeah, about yeah. three four minutes tops so i get there i get the dog off of him and i recognize who it is and i'm like whoa why are you here and you yeah. know and and what made you think that you should just break in um so you know he's like i had to see my dog you know and it was like okay but you call us and you let us know and so it just became a whole thing we didn't press charges on it he yeah. he did fix the the door and you know he did give us some free training uh Man. <laughs> i understand that you're close to your animal and we get that all the time yeah. we get a lot of people that are that are worried about their dog that are yeah. hesitant about starting training or leaving their dog with us because they don't know you know yeah, yeah you, i mean you hear horror stories all the time Absolutely. um so it was just it, it was a it was an experience for sure definitely did not finish that dog uh just i just had to <laughs> i had to be done with the whole situation yeah um, that's right so we didn't finish that dog what we ended up doing actually was doing lessons because it was just too much yeah and yeah. it and with it being you know as him being as difficult as he was uh and us going through the things that we were going through we were like, we're, we're no longer going to do any boarding with your dog, any boarding train, even though we felt that his dog needed that the most, but yeah. it, he didn't need that. And a lot of people don't listen to their dog's needs versus theirs. I'm still in contact with them. He sends me updates of his dog and stuff like that. He's okay. very, very pleased with his dog and he apologizes all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that was probably one of my, my biggest extremes. So um, what was the right one there. thing you took away from that, that you learned from that? So the biggest thing that I learned from that is you're not going to be able to please everyone and, and with not being able to please everyone, read the signs, right? So know when, when to change things up. The first time he came down to pick up his dog, I shouldn't have took his dog back. I should have said, Hey, let's do lessons Yeah. and understand who you're dealing with. You know, I, I could have easily 
had a temper and just been like, oh, no, you know, and, and, and escalated the situation. But instead, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm still trying to help out. I just don't know how I can. And I'm just going to throw out some options. You tell me what's what works best for you. Um, mm-hmm. I told you what works best for your dog, but I need to know what's works best for you at the end of the day, because we can't keep having this. What's the one thing right now? And I know this changes just like fear, but what's the one thing that has contributed to your success at this point? What would that be? And what would that be for someone else to work on that's in this industry that's going to contribute to their success? Oh, man. Now, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, cause I, I have plenty of things that have helped, you know, contribute to my success. Um, but if I if I say the one thing, um, I would I would probably say support. Okay. Not just as a business owner, but you know, as a competitor, as a dad, as a man, you know, everything. You know, I, there's that ego where it's like, ah, yeah. I can't yeah. talk to nobody. I can't tell nobody. You know, that I'm stressed out. I got to keep this in and 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 yeah. just and just push on, right? I still have a lot of people um, that are supporters, right? You're yeah. one of them. My mom, you know, my family. I love uh, her, man. Employees. I have a, so much support there when I'm stressed out and when I just need to, like, vent. And people that are there to not necessarily pat me on the back, but to push mm-hmm. me forward, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that has been definitely one of the biggest things because if i didn't have my support system i definitely wouldn't be here i I would be doing something else man that's awesome man that's that's great advice i remember when you were going through uh the building situation and i had called you just out of the blue we we were talking you like man it's just been been a hard time but you know one thing we talked about was that hey man just reach out man like don't ever feel like you're alone you know, and we, I say us as a community can figure out a way to help you, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's important that we support each other in those times, you know, as we give that advice, you know, that's the same advice you take and you give to your people, meaning the people you're mentoring as well, because we can't, we absolutely cannot go at this alone by giving that advice. That's probably the best thing ever is to build that support system and have those trusted people that you can always depend on that are just going to listen to you sometimes. What I found is every storm has passed. Whereas I used to focus on the storms and feel like I was always in them. Mm -hmm. But now what I look at is they always pass. It just takes time. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to a point where we're through those storms. And now we're looking back and we need to learn lessons from those as we look back through them. But I am going to finish today with just one thing real quick. Um, you know, I always go through memories. And I think that's really what I have over the last 20 plus years doing this uh, through law enforcement and, and all that. Memories always come back to me. And I can remember like specific training sessions. And I remember uh, a sunny day one day. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already know where you're going. And, and I remember this so vividly. Um, it's like I was like I'm there right now as I think through this and I tell this story. And uh, you and I were on the training field together. And man, we were having a great session, man. We had like six handlers out there. 
uh, and we were running this um, kind of follow the leader, and we decided we were going to take these dogs off leash. We had a handful of um, patrol dogs and handlers. They were at a great, great place uh, in their course and the control over their dog and and all that. And I remember I'm sitting at one side of the field. You're sitting at the other side, and uh, you know we're we're just running this and we're working like man, like man, we just we had that that vibe going. Everything was going smooth, and next thing you know, a fight breaks out between two dogs. So me and you are watching, seeing how the handlers are going to handle it. We look over, another fight breaks out. Well, in the midst of this chaos, one dog emerges out of nowhere. And I remember it was like in slow motion. This dog As I'm breaks trying out to go of the crowd. The handlers break up dogs. <laughs> Oh, it was definitely poetry. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it, it definitely had to be in slow motion. It was slow motion in my mind for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely ahead, in mind. Like, definitely in mind. I had a voice in my head like, oh no, what's going on over there? Oh no, what is this dog doing? So this dog emerges from the crowd. Voice of reason, you should have seen it. This dog like breaks out in slow motion and running. Like, I'm like, where is this dog going? Then I look over to my left, and for whatever reason, he heads straight for Terry. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And next thing I know, this joker launches right at Terry and goes to bite Terry. And of course, I do the best thing that any smart trainer could have done, right? What do you think that is, Voice of Reason? Look, the thing that I learned was this. The best thing about getting bit by a dog is you're not the one getting bit. Right? So you don't run over there and offer to get bit too. We need one trainer to be healthy so he can continue the class because I was really looking out for my handlers. Right? And I had the utmost confidence that Terry could handle this dog. At the end of the day, right? If I was fearful that Terry couldn't have handled this dog, I would have ran over there and helped him, and then we both would have got bit. But instead, <laughs> I did what a wise trainer did. He watched. <laughs> so that I had a great memory of what happened. Well, of course, Terry caught the dog. Dog get, did get him a little bit. He pinned the dog down until the dog calmed down. Dog realized what was going on and was wrong, and then got back up, and we finished the set, right? Yeah, we actually did. We, we finished right. and then then went and handled me bleeding. Uh, That's right. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, one of those videos of uh, <laughs> for training purposes. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you know, nobody told us training would be hard, right? Nobody oh, yeah. said we're going to get bit by dogs in training, right? But I tell that story because of this, man. Business is a lot like that, right? Oh, yeah. Blind, I was blindsided. There's yeah, there, well, there's <laughs> chaos, and then all of a sudden something comes out of the crowd that we didn't really particularly expect. And even through that danger and even through that, you took the bite. You took what was thrown at you. You handled it. And at the end of the day, we look back on that situation, and now we can laugh about it. And we learn <laughs> something about it, right? Oh, yeah. Try not to be the trainer getting bit. <laughs> 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 right but i think oh, yeah. he didn't come after me because i was an alpha male on the field 
and he knew better. So he picked the weak link and went after Terry. <laughs> I think it was more because I was running to go save Howlers, you know, <laughs> doing my job. <laughs> wasn't watching the whole time, you know. Right. He he was definitely one of my uh one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, great times, man. And uh, unfortunately, we're at the end of this, and uh, I just want to give. Uh, some takeaways or some things I learned from you today. The first thing is, is that uh, business is hard. Like it is. But even through all these years, if you stay with it, have a little bit of fear. As that fear changes, embrace that fear. And then the biggest takeaway I took from you today is the fact that we need to have people in our lives that we can talk to that we can lean on at times that are there not to judge us, but to help us. And we need to embrace those things because they're very important in our success. And we can never overlook those things and not be so prideful that it's all about us. So those are the three things I take away from what I learned from you today. And I hope that whoever listens to this, whether it's one person or many, that they learn the same things that I learned from you today and i appreciate that brother i really do appreciate it brother thank you for having me on all right man at the end of the day man i appreciate you man and i appreciate what you're doing just keep pushing and keep having a positive influence on our industry that's important yes yeah. sir we're on social media facebook uh tactical canine on facebook tactical canine approach on instagram uh website tactical canine.co dot com dot co phone number 912-426-0124 and email info at tactical canine dot co